0: welcome to the music buzz the podcast where we talk music pop culture and current events while we get buzzed we're your hosts justine abola and lauren brumley what up fam <laughs> <laughs> hey guys it's JLo. we are back again
1: and we're buzzing as usual what are we drinking today lauren
0: we are drinking the Hippies and Cowboys IPA from Tennessee Brewworks, a local Nashville brewery. And we chose this drink because today we're talking about the ultimate hippie cowgirl, Casey Musgraves. It has been
1: the decade of Casey Musgraves.
0: It really has. I can't believe it's almost been an actual decade of Casey Musgraves already. It is
1: crazy and it is really interesting to think about her
0: evolution. And that's what we're going to talk about today. We love to see it. So we're going to talk about the progression of her career and of her as an artist and a person in the public eye, starting from the beginning and going up through today. Perfect. But before we do that,
1: let's kick it off with some current events. Lo, what's been happening in the world?
0: So something I feel like we just should discuss because it's the topic of every... It's the hot goss. It is the hot goss on all the blogs, all the like...
1: All the secret Facebook groups too. 100%. What is it? What happened?
0: Morgan Wallen, who is, for anyone who doesn't know, who doesn't listen to country, he is like a country artist who's on fire right now. He's just... Buzzing all over town. Everyone's talking about him. You might know him from the song Whiskey Glasses or Heartless. He did the remix with Diplo and uh, Julia Julia Michaels. Michaels.
1: Iconic. He's been doing... He just recently released Seven Summers, which has been a smash for him. So he's on fire and could potentially do no wrong. However... Until he he did.
0: (laughs) He did do the wrong. So he's kind of known for being... He's like a bad boy. Yeah, like a troublemaker. And I think that's what people like about him. However, it has reached critical mass recently on TikTok. All of these videos were surfacing of him in crowded bars in Alabama doing some questionable stuff. During these COVID times, especially, everyone's like, what is this guy doing? He's acting a fool. Everyone was, like, ablaze about it. And then the, it was one of those things where it was a chain reaction where the more people who posted their videos of seeing Morgan out in bars or, like, coming back to these random people's houses to, like, play sets in their bedrooms and stuff, the more people were seeing those, the more people were coming out with their videos. Mm-hmm. And so everyone suddenly was like, who is Morgan Wallen and what is he doing during this pandemic right now? Okay, I have a couple of things to say. So
1: he went down for the Alabama football game. So he was in town for that. And then Alabama is like his target audience. Totally. So that entire school, I would, the majority of that school probably knows who he is. So he is a celebrity there. I would be hard-pressed to say that he was a celebrity outside of the country music sphere. Right. Until... He kind of acted a fool this weekend. Totally.
0: So he was supposed to perform on Saturday Night Live, which is booted back up for the fall season. And uh,
1: so I'm sorry to interrupt no, you. It do. is one of the hardest musical slots to get. They Especially don't,
0: for a country exactly. artist. Exactly.
1: I think they've had Casey on there. They've had Luke. But it is very, very difficult to get. Let alone to host and have a skit, but they rarely have country music artists on there. So there's that.
0: So unfortunately, SNL had to basically take that spot away from him and they had to tell him, You can't perform this Saturday. You have not been following the COVID protocols. Everyone on staff there, I believe they're all like back in the studio, whereas a lot, a few times during quarantine, they did like, live virtual shows but they're Mm -hmm. back in studio so their regulations are very strict everyone has to follow certain rules and be practicing social distancing and obviously not being in bars of like hundreds of people making out with strangers Mm. right so they took that spot away from him and everyone kind of saw that coming but i was kind of surprised that snl like held firm on it but they have to keep their actors safe they have to keep their production safe I mean they had to do that well and I think
1: my thought my personal thought on it was they probably didn't call it initially because I I only saw one or two videos but as time went on to your point more videos were surfacing more articles like media articles were surfacing like I think it was picked up on major news networks and then barstool sports had an article about it so it was one of those things that seemed to be as time went on more media picked up on it and more videos surfaced which were not positive
0: right so morgan released a pretty quickly after their decision released a video on his instagram apologizing and honestly took responsibility for it and kind of was like i don't blame them totally get it I wasn't following the rules unfortunately Lauren Michaels called me and told me this isn't going to work out but he was like Lauren was really supportive and was like we'll find another time that we can make this work which I thought was interesting that he was like communicating directly with Lauren. yeah I did not see that being the way that that works
1: but I feel like for a decision of this magnitude and for where Morgan was in his career that is very classy of Lauren Michaels yeah. to do that and probably did warrant a phone call directly from him to be like, Hey, this is why we're doing what we're doing. Um, so but I thought that that was almost nice in
0: a way. A hundred percent because I feel like easily they could have been like, that's so disrespectful to us. It doesn't warrant like, we're going to send your team an email right? saying like, you're <laughs> off. Right. Like, exactly. So yeah. From HR right. or like
1: legal. Right. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know. I thought that was positive. And I agree with you, Lauren. I thought his video was pretty heartfelt and he sounded like he was remorseful and kind of acknowledged, almost vulnerable in a way that he had like some growth to do personally. Right. Um. So, you know, I'm...
0: Which I hope to see. I mean, I feel like you do have to be in a certain mindset to even be in a crowded bar making out with strangers in this time like you have to be educated enough to know that that's a stupid decision so i'm hoping that that was a heartfelt statement and that he really was like okay that was really stupid i shouldn't have done that
1: but we'll see i know time I'm, will only tell i'm hoping too so we can go to a morgan wallen show and yeah sing whiskey glasses at the top of our lungs for sure you know in um, touch his mullet because that's apparently a thing <laughs>
0: To touch his mullet?
1: Yeah, he, like, swings it and, like, fans oh touch gosh. his mullet. I mean, this is pre-COVID. Everyone listening <laughs> to this right now
0: who doesn't listen to country is like, excuse me? This no. Is, are you kidding?
1: Definitely Google image him. You probably know who he is, though, by now. because Yeah, of the everything. guy with the mullet. Yeah, he's the guy with the mullet. He's
0: the Billy Ray of 2020. Correct.
1: <laughs> um, but wishing him, you know, all the best and speedy recovery slash self-acknowledgement, whatever that entails. and. Yes. I want to see his SNL performance. So I do hope he gets back on too.
0: Totally. He, I mean, as someone who's extra critical of country music these days, he genuinely is a great performer Um, on the, was it the ACMs that we just watched? Mm -hmm. His performance was great. I really enjoyed it. I liked his stage presence. He has really catchy songs. Like he genuinely is someone that I find interesting in country music right now. So I hope that he's able to get it together and make a comeback. For sure. Okay, so one other thing I just wanted to mention is, I don't know if you saw this, but Mariah Carey recently posted on her Instagram a photo of three director's chairs with the initials MC, AG, and JH, and then her caption was just a Christmas tree. So the internet is ablaze. They have come to the conclusion that this means we are going to get a Christmas song with Mariah Carey Ariana Grande and Jennifer Hudson. I would die. I would die.
1: But also, like, this is the old me being a little nostalgic. Nothing's ever gonna beat the OG Mariah Carey. Of course All I not. want for Christmas
0: is you. I know. You know? But in Mariah's defense, it's like the only way you can really even battle that is to get that many powerhouses on one Correct. song. Yeah. And
1: I think we chatted about this, but her New Year's Eve performance of that song. Was not great live, oh, it was horrible. so <laughs> I'm Sorry, hoping. MC. <laughs> yeah, love the recorded version, the live version, not so much, totally, but it's all good. Hoping the best for this one. I'm also gonna like mark the record, it is the beginning of October right now. I have seen Christmas decorations no. in the store. No, <laughs> I have, and I am waiting for probably. A week from now until I start hearing the Christmas music.
0: Oh, well, let me just tell you that Carrie Underwood has already released her Christmas record. She has. Um, so has Why? Reba, maybe. I, Somebody else released one recently. But I
1: don't understand why. I know you release your Christmas stuff early because you need to get it out essentially yeah. in time for the season. But Carrie released it in September. I I, I just I'm at a loss for words. I don't understand why. She's speechless. Speechless.
0: I think it's one of those things. Okay. So you know how black Friday started out, you would go shopping. The store would open at like 5 Mm AM and then they moved it and it was like 4 AM. But then Walmart started (laughs) opening at midnight. So then target was like, forget it. We're opening at 6 PM on Thursday. I feel like that's what's happening with the Christmas albums. Everyone's like, Oh, I got to beat the rest of these Christmas albums. I got to be like ahead of the curve. So Carrie's like, forget it, August.
1: <laughs> yeah, she's like, oh, here you go, Labor Day.
0: Yeah, here, like, we're- <laughs> January, we're ready for next year, baby. <laughs> we're in the holiday spirit.
1: Yeah, I just thought it was really early, and I know she announced that, I think it's like a Christmas special with HBO, but oh. I'm still not there yet. I'm, I'm still trying to get to Halloween, and, and on a side note, an election before oh, I yeah. even start thinking so about true. Christmas. So, like the anxiety is already building up when i saw the christmas lights today i will call out the store at home depot i was like
0: <gasps> how dare you yeah
1: i i, I the anxiety just built up like was building
0: i am one who is obsessed with christmas like obsessed and i will listen to christmas music probably longer than the average person the beginning of october is too early i'm sorry it's, it's entirely i'm here to say early it.
1: Yeah, not to mention September, but it's all good. Yeah. So we'll see.
0: But back to the Mariah Carey thing, I will be very disappointed if it's just Ariana Grande and Jennifer Hudson doing like a remix of All I Want for Christmas is You with Mariah.
1: They can't do that. I Surely mean, not, right? That's disrespectful.
0: It's like we've heard it enough and the original is like all we want.
1: Lo, what are you doing? <laughs> On- <laughs>
0: you know what What i have no idea i have no idea
1: so we got to do our currents what are you listening to what are you reading what are you watching hit me with all the deeds.
0: okay so i'm currently watching the west wing whoa have you watched it before no i've never
1: seen it before we what season are you on
0: season one i like just started
1: like i'm on like episode seven but did you love the pilot yes it's so good sam seaborn and also oh my gosh what's his face i
0: love your excitement right now because no one else that i've like talked to is this passionate about it josh josh is my spirit animal embodied
1: in an actor but um so no i'm just excited about it because i I was i watched it recently like two years ago. Oh, nice. And I was telling everyone I was watching it and they were like, yeah, you're like 20 years behind yeah. the rest of the population. But
0: it is so good. It's so good. And I have a hard time getting into shows like that sometimes that are a little like, you have to think a lot, but the pilot like sucked me in immediately.
1: And that's how you and know it's, it's going to be good.
0: Totally. It's Aaron Sorkin. So there's so much dialogue and it's just like but interesting it's good dialogue. Yeah. It's like yeah.
1: really, really well written.
0: It, it is hard to like, this is so ignorant of me, but because there are so many characters, I've had to like Google. I'm like, what does the secretary of staff even do? You know what I mean? Like, I'm I'm dumb. Right. That I don't know that, but I don't. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, it's also just
1: I don't know a dramatic interpret interpretation of all of it. Interpretation interpretation. <laughs> interpretization. Too many beers, one beer. <laughs> but I don't know. I just like
0: felt like, ooh, I'm in the know. Yeah. Because of it. It's good acting too. There's so many good actors in it. Yeah. So I'm watching that. I also started Song Exploder. Ooh, I haven't heard so, of that. So Song Exploder is a podcast. Um, and they dive into like one specific song in an episode. So like I just listened to the most recent episode of it with Dua Lipa talking about Levitate so okay. it's her and the other co-writers of the song talking about how they came up with the idea how they created the song and then they at the end they play the full song oh that's so cool. kind of like breaking the song apart song exploder so they just made that turned that podcast into a Netflix show what I need to watch it yeah you definitely should the first episode is with Alicia Keys oh that's cool song exploder song exploder um, and it's super good. There, I think there's only three episodes out now. It's like a limited series, but they're going to release more. But awesome, recommend that. I am currently reading a book called The Unraveling of Cassidy Holmes. And it's a novel about an artist in a fictional, obviously it's a novel, in a girl group who dies. And it's like alternating between the past, like yeah. her... It's not scary. I think it's just more like intense. Like it's like if it was a TV show, it'd be like a drama, you know? But it's like alternating between like present tense when the other girls in the girl group are finding out that she died and then her past tense like leading up to getting in the girl group. So it's like alternating points of view. So far, it's good. I just started it, but so far it's good. And then I'm currently listening to, are you familiar with Bahamas? Yes. Okay. New album called Sad Hunk that came out. Last Friday, it is incredible. I never listened to him or them. I don't know if it's a him or a them. I think it's a them. I think. I never listened to them ever in my whole entire life. And I know they've been around a long time or he's been around. I don't know. Um, For a long time, since like 2009, because I was looking back to see how many albums there are and never listened to them. And the album that came out on Friday, every single song, I was like, this is it. And I actually have a hot take about this. It's Hit like me. Dawes. If Dawes was interesting.
1: Whoa. <laughs> Ouch.
0: Yeah. Ouch. I'm going to be, you can roast me on the internet for this. That's fine. Yeah, I mean, people will, because but, I think a
1: lot of Dawes fans are Bahamas fans. Yes.
0: I think they're friends or something.
1: Yeah. So you're definitely going to get hate mail here or that's hate fine. comments.
0: I respect Dawes. I get it. I, I get the allure but it's just not for me. I've tried so many times. Dawes is one of those bands I want to like out of principle on paper. Seems like I should, they seem like great guys. I just don't love them. I can't get into it. It's okay. You can't force it on the other hand. I need to listen to this record. You really do. It's you will love it. There's a song called up with the Jones. It is so funky and like just it's dad rock, but good. Like, I don't know how else to describe it. Also the slaps different. I have a meme for
1: you read it today when you're chugging water at 3 a.m that water hits
0: different (laughs) it's so true though it is true (laughs) but apparently this album slaps different so listen it does slap different 10 out of 10 recommend jay what are your currents
1: so i just finished my weird tunnel oh Uh, you're done i'm three seasons wow so yeah it was really really good um I think I'm gonna start like literally finish the tunnel yesterday or the day before. So I think I'm gonna start Yellowstone.
0: Oh, everyone's heard, talking about that. Heard right a now.
1: lot about it. So that's on the list. Think I'm gonna start that. I have in the interim been watching the home edit which just makes me feel bad about my own organized life. So that's a whole separate story.
0: Doesn't it make you just want to like clean out your closet though?
1: It does. And then go to the container store and yeah. color coordinate literally everything. hundred percent. Exactly. Um, You're like, I'm a sloppy loser. <laughs> exactly. I'm like, I am disgusting. I'm reading, just started a new book, Educated by Tara Westwood. Yeah, that's Everyone, on my list. Everyone's read it. I know I'm like two years behind, but really interesting story. I think she was like, homeschooled and grew up in a really untraditional family like maybe not even schooled for a while and then ended up at Harvard and it's all about I think getting educated and then she got her PhD all that crazy stuff but so far so good I'm only like 20 pages in okay you'll
0: have to let us know how you think it's one of those books that I've seen everyone's giving like a five-star review
1: yeah I think it won a bunch of awards right when it came out and was like on New York Times bestseller list what I'm listening to I have not stopped listening to the new Laney record.
0: Oh my God. Like it's so good. I
1: am obsessed with all caps. I still talk to Jesus.
0: I, Oh my God. I
1: can't with that. And I also, since we are talking about Casey on this episode, Shane McNally wrote that song with, um, yeah. Sasha Sloan, but that song cowboy in LA, you, I, I, I literally have not stopped listening to that record since it came out.
0: Iconic. It's so good. They're just. I feel like all the Laney songs. They're bops, but they're mellow bops, so they just are good for any time. Like you always want to put that on and just right. Get in and your I feels. didn't
1: necessarily love the Dua Lipa breakup record. Yeah, the that's fair. I, that was the one before this. I mean,
0: Malibu Nights slaps different, but
1: that's just me. But that that was the record, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, that will that was a song. That was on a it, song on it. Yeah. But. Yeah, this one, I just, I can't stop. I literally can't stop. So, if you haven't checked it out, you need to listen.
0: 10 out of 10, Justine recommends. Yeah. um, And that's what I'm doing. Spacey Casey. We know her, we love her. Okay, actually, let's start off with, when did you first hear Casey? Like, when did you first become aware of her? Honestly, I think
1: it was through you. Really? Back in, like, no, no. Hold on. That's false. False, false, false. So I heard of her back in 2013 when she released same trailer, different park, because I had a friend working at the agency she was signed to Mm. and everyone was jazzed about it. And she played it. I mean, the record had already come out, but she had said, Hey, have you heard of this artist out of Nashville? Casey Musgraves? Because again, everyone was stoked. And I was like, no, and then I forgot about it until working with you and everyone was just like obsessed. And yeah. I was like, yeah, I mean, I remember that album and it was awesome. But then I think that really revived it. And that was like the spiral from there.
0: Okay. I didn't know that. I love that. Yeah. What How about fun? you? So I, I think I might've mentioned this on a previous episode before, but I still remember. Okay. So I was living in Atlanta or Metro Atlanta, and I was on my way to work, and I was in the car, and I never listened to the radio, but this particular day I was listening to the radio. What year? I believe it was either the end of 2012 or early 2013. Okay. And they were doing, like, a hot or not thing where they would play a new song and be like, call in and tell us if you like this, if we should add it to the rotation, or no. And they played Merry-Go-Round, and I think it was because... So she released Merry-Go-Round twenty thirteen at the end of 2012 as a single Ah, as a single so it was like one of those things where like it affected me so much that I remember like where I was what road I was on when I heard the song because the chorus just like my mouth was dropped open when I heard it and I was like who is this person I'm obsessed with this so I've been obsessed with her ever since that but so
1: you gave it a hot rating
0: Oh, for sure did i call in no but i immediately was like googling her like right. okay who is this person need to know immediately and it, it actually might have been 2013 because i'm pretty sure i just listened to the record right after hearing that song mm-hmm. so i can't remember exactly but i was obsessed from the jump i just her songwriting i was like who is this so good it was great the line mama's hooked on mary kay daddy's yeah. hooked on mary jane no, Mary,
1: or, two doors down. Yeah, three yeah. doors down. Brothers hooked on, on Mary, Mary Jane. Jane.
0: Daddy sucked on Mary, two doors down.
1: Very good. I mean, I mean, incredible. Yeah, but she's been around for a minute, and I know we talk about this all the time because everyone thinks, "Oh, this person popped out of nowhere and mm-hmm. they're an overnight success." But Casey actually did a pretty standard path in terms of what a lot of Texas artists do, which was they moved to Nashville, and way back when they we had Nashville star where they were looking to sign people and she was one of the contestants on there. And I think she came in seventh or eighth place on that. So she didn't place very high. One of her other peers, Miranda Lambert was also on the show and I think placed second or third didn't Mm -hmm. win. But
0: Well, and for anyone who doesn't know, Nashville Star was similar to like an American Idol, but mm-hmm. specific to country music. Correct. Was hosted in Nashville. I think the judges were like Blake Shelton. I think Tracy
1: Gershon
0: oh, was interesting. Um,
1: from maybe repping Sony. So they had like a label person, mm-hmm. an artist person. And I don't know who the third or fourth yeah. kind of slots were. But again, very similar to... American Idol, where they all get deals right after. Do you remember what
0: network it was on? Was it on CMT or something?
1: I don't know. I don't remember.
0: I remember watching it back then. Mm -hmm. I never, I don't think I saw the season that, Casey was on I did see the one that Miranda was on but I think if you aren't someone who's necessarily in tune with country music you might not have even heard about it I think it was a it was a pretty big show at the time but not quite it wasn't on a major network I don't think
1: yeah and it kind of reminds me of again I know we alluded to Idol but also like the Mickey Mouse Club Mm -hmm. on Disney where a lot of these stars kind of started out there Um, and that was kind of the growth spot for them
0: yeah it was a jumping off Mm -hmm. point for them
1: exactly but um yeah I mean she came to town and tried out for the show placed seventh and that was kind of it from there she she was writing a lot
0: well and she was in a as a kid I mean I it seems like she came from a a family that encouraged her to be pretty musical she was in like a duo growing up called the Texas Two Bits Um, obviously being from Texas is very influenced by country music and like rockabilly and all of the classic Texas styles, which you still throughout the years can hear in her music. You can hear those influences, but yeah, she, I think started off in Austin before moving to Nashville,
1: which is what a lot of, sorry, Texas, Texas stars do because you gotta come here. But I, I mean, before we started recording, Lauren, I was telling you how shocked I was. I didn't realize she was in town for as long as she was kind of without that major label deal. Yeah. Um, Because she didn't get signed until 2012.
0: And the Nashville Star season was in 2007.
1: Yeah. I mean, so so talk about hustling and grinding and, and not giving up on your dream. I mean, you brought up a good point that she was young while she was doing it, I think 16 or 17 when star
0: I think she happened? would have been 19 on star if I'm doing okay. my math correctly,
1: but even so still super young. Yeah. So while I'm sure all of her friends are going to college and doing whatever living their, her li- their lives, she's probably not living a less glamorous life here in Nashville, trying to get cuts and writing for everyone.
0: Right. And it seems like she was able to make good connections during that time because During that time, somewhere in between there is when she met Shane McAnally, when she she was connected to, like, the Josh Abbott Band, which was, Mm -hmm. like, a more up-and-coming band at the time. But, like, she was making connections and, like, meeting people and writing. I think in... So right before she got signed to Mercury Nashville, which is under UMG, she was on tour with Lady Antebellum opening up for them, which Mm -hmm. I'm pretty sure was before she got signed. So that might have been... And she, I
1: think she wrote with them too. Right. Does that make sense? I, I think so. I mean, cause she, she wrote with a lot of people that I think would probably have her out as like that first opening slot to yeah. just see. Um, and I, I don't know the story. I don't know if you do, but I wish I did. Like what kind of flipped in Nashville's mind or the major labels mine say, okay, we're going to put this out. Yeah. Um, and sign her.
0: Right. I don't know. And and it might've been like, let's say she was opening up for little big town on tour or sorry, not little big town lady antebellum on tour lady a lady a now it, that might've gotten her the attention that she needed for universal to be like, Oh, who's this? Cause, cause lady a wasn't as big then they had some, like they had some big songs, but right. they weren't near what they are now, obviously. Yeah. Um, and it,
1: it seems like at least on paper, when she signed in 2012, there was no stopping her. I oh, mean, yeah. it was a bullet to the top.
0: So I didn't realize I, her first album, obviously, that's where I discovered her like pretty early on in that. But I didn't realize how commercially successful that album was.
1: Yeah. I mean, she won Best Country Album in the Grammys that yeah. year. And was
0: nominated for Best New Artist that year. Out too. of the
1: gate. That is insane.
0: That is insane. And I distinctly
1: remember because I remember looking her up and listening to that album. Her like most played song, I think it was on Spotify, was the cover of One Republic's Mm -hmm. Apologize. And I was like, oh, I love this song. I don't know how I feel about the rest of the album. Like I liked it, but I was like, this is really interesting that a cover song is this like most listened to song right now for
0: her. It's so wild. So she released Same Trailer, Different Park, in 2013. And so she co-wrote all the songs on that record and co-produced that with Luke Laird and Shane McAnally. So clearly during that period, she was writing a lot with Shane and Luke. And and they
1: had some momentum, I think, in their own right. Oh, they sure. definitely weren't in their like career where they are now. But I think part of that has lended to all three of them being super successful together.
0: Mm-hmm. Yes. And it's super interesting looking at, so all the songs on that record are co-written by Casey and a combination of four other writers, which is Luke Laird, Shane McAnally, Brandi Clark, and Josh Osborne. That's but- a pretty like tight group.
1: It's it's interesting, too, because we've touched on this in another podcast episode, but it's, like, the class of Nashville musicians that seem to come up together. Yeah. Like, they all moved to town, and, and no one knows who they are. I mean, in the industry, they do, but, like, like the Osborne brothers, and even Shane and Luke, and, like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Everyone knows about them, even, and I, I would put Marin Morris in that category. And then it's like five years later, they all start breaking at the same time. And it's like, oh, yeah, we were just waiting for that to happen.
0: Right. During that period, I mean, I definitely think in that first album, you can hear a lot of her Texas roots, but it was just pretty, it was country singer-songwriter vibes. She was, it was storytelling. It was good, creative, interesting songs, but like they were all just kind of about, Small town life and the trailer park and relationships and family dynamics. Just like a lot of the common themes that you see in country music, or at least saw in country music at that point, merry-go-round ended up like being huge. And that's still one of her most played songs on Spotify. And at all of her live shows, when she plays that, people go nuts. A hundred percent. Cause she always says too, she's like, that's the song that changed my life. I mean, it is. And if you listen to it, I mean
1: everyone's blown away every single time. And I think she was saying while it has like those common themes, she was saying a lot that people are almost like afraid to say, Totally, you know, and I, I would almost translate that into another song on there, which was follow your arrow. Mm -hmm. I mean, I know Shane McNally has been very vocal in saying she said what everyone else was afraid to say, do whatever you want to do. You know what I mean? Essentially love who you love, which is, pretty radical in country music
0: yeah she's like if you're gay that's cool if you want to smoke weed that's cool right. if you
1: don't that's also cool <laughs> right exactly um yeah. so it was kind of like she had the gumption to uh yeah go out there and say it
0: well and it's so interesting because i think obviously in country music like there's the classic outlaws that like push the boundaries of of some of the things that you could say but no one ever broached those subjects it never no one was ever talking about people were talking about drinking too much or like cheating on your wife or you Mm -hmm. know people were talking about other stuff that was risque but no one ever broached the topic of like homosexuality or recreational drug use for the most part you know and she does it in a way that's almost like
1: clever with the lyric and the melody so Mm -hmm. it's not so much like in-your-face, this-is-what-I-think, whatever-whatever. It's, yeah. It's almost like a happy, aesthetically pleasing song. I don't know if those are the right words. Yeah. To your ear, at least, or sonically pleasing. Yeah. But has some pretty heavy topics if you're actually listening, which I think makes it so good.
0: Well, and she, that being her first release, Follow Your Arrow was a song that was not played on so many stations because of that, because... Mm-hmm radio didn't want their listeners to be pissed and it wasn't a single hearing that i think i think it was, was. okay i could be wrong oh it might have been yeah she was nominated for four it, grammys that year which is insane. it was
1: and so the four singles so she had four on same trailer different park merry-go-round blown smoke follow your arrow and keep it to yourself
0: oh interesting i didn't know keep it to yourself was a single
1: yeah it was almost like she uh hit the ground running yeah and there was no stopping her after that
0: Yeah, being nominated for four Grammys for your first record. Well, that wasn't her first record, but that was her first record on a major label.
1: So you'll love this too, Lauren. Your boy, John Caramonica, um, called it a boatload of identifying details, essentially like hailing Musgraves for her debut album. Love that. Yeah, so he was on it.
0: Okay, I'm into that. So actually, I thought this was interesting too. That year at the Grammys, she was nominated for four. She was nominated for uh, Best New Artist, Best Country Album for, for that album, which mm-hmm. won. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then she was nominated for, she had two songs in the Best Country Song category because that was also the year that she wrote Mama's Broken Heart, which was a single for Miranda Lambert, Uh huh. which a lot of people don't know that she co-wrote that
1: song they or she did and it's kind of crazy because they grew up like i guess like five minutes from each other very yeah, in adjacent towns so i think that they knew each other growing up
0: that's so weird it's crazy the music world is so small
1: so big yet yeah, so small
0: i know but um she won the best country song for merry-go-round as well but she was tied for the most nominations that year with taylor swift and lord
1: i did not know that Isn't that, that crazy? is crazy crazy yeah yeah I mean, and that was Lord's big year too.
0: Oh, huge. Yeah. Yeah. Which is, that's what I thought was so crazy because, like, obviously, Taylor, that was peak Taylor Mm -hmm. sweeping everything. And that was a huge year for Lord. And so when I saw that she tied with them, I was like, what the heck?
1: What's going on?
0: She didn't win as many as them, but still. So, how would you describe this era of like the Casey look?
1: I mean, I. Or the vibe? I call it. I mean, we're drinking hippies and cowboys, but I call it like country hippie. Totally. Almost, but traditional country hippie. I would specify on that because she still like had a nose ring and you know what I mean. Uh, But the sound and vibe and look was very much traditional country. How did you feel?
0: Well, and she was wearing like cowboy boots a lot at this time. And like maybe not Daisy Dukes specifically, but like Daisy Duke reminiscent kind of shorts and like the the whole the classic look that was the
1: cover of the album I think she was in Daisy Duke shorts and like whatever at a trailer park right yeah that was kind of the feel and I think she was going again based on all of those nominations and the critical acclaim for the country category which was interesting yeah because that obviously evolved
0: for sure which it's so interesting too if you think back to that era if you had told me where Casey is now, I would never imagine this trajectory Yeah, because she was so, so, so traditional. I mean, not necessarily in subject matter, but just in like the style and everything else. Right. Yeah.
1: I mean, I don't think I would have, honestly, I still wouldn't believe it on her second album. Right. Which
0: leads us perfectly into 2015 when she released pageant material,
1: which I have a very distinct memory of this just because I saw her perform it live and I think she did two nights, three maybe, at the Ryman. And Sounds I fe- about right. And I feel like it was one massive networking event for Nashville because oh, yeah. all of the music industry in Nashville and, like, anyone that listened to music in Nashville was still there at that show. You ran into at least, like, 300 people that you knew.
0: Oh, yeah. I feel like that's every show at the Ryman now. <laughs> right. Not that we remember those at this point, but
1: yeah back it, in the day like when the house lights come up you're like oh god you're like you i done? gotta say yeah. hi to 45 people on the way out the door <laughs> right. i'll
0: be home in three hours exactly
1: um but again i have a distinct memory of this because it was almost like her uh stage production was the cover of the album so it yes. had those pink streamers mm-hmm. and then Her band, I think, was in light-up suits, if I remember. And she was in a pink outfit, which is very much like the cover of the album as well. And it was just a killer show. I mean, and I love, love, love this record. I feel like that's when I fell in love with Casey as an artist.
0: This record was amazing. And I feel like it was a good next step from Same Trailer, Different Park. Because it still has, like, the same feel to the album, same same kind of like content she's still talking about like life in middle america and family and that kind of stuff but it's just like was a little all the production was just a little bit more elevated and a little bit more experimental Mm -hmm. i
1: guess but still within that country vein
0: exactly Yeah. yeah
1: you know and i i mean as we sit here talking about it and i'm looking at the, the track list for it. I love almost every single song on it. And she kind of stuck with the same writers as she did for the previous record.
0: Yeah. For the most part, there were like a couple additional, there were like two songs I think that had some other writers, but yeah. Mm -hmm.
1: And I should have asked you this about the other album, but what was your favorite song from this?
0: Gosh, it's so hard to choose. I, I don't think I can choose a favorite from same trailer, Back on the Map is, like, one of my favorites. But oh, I actually, wow. I love them all. Yeah. And Dandelion. I just love them all from the first album. Probably my favorite from pageant material is Miserable.
1: I love Miserable oh in the end when she flips up the lyric yeah. as well. Killer, which I love.
0: Late to the Party. I was going to say that, yeah. too.
1: It's That's my, like, tie. I, I think I love Late to the Party because it's, like, a cute love song, which is, like... But,
0: but an interesting one, like... And and it's, like, accurate. Like,
1: yes, you want to be late to the party with the person you love because you're getting ready and whatever. Right. It's Yeah, it's awesome. Those were my favorite, which, you know, is interesting to talk about because those weren't the singles. She only had two singles from this, which was the Biscuits and then Dime Store Cowgirl. But I really, really love this record. And I I don't think it got the acclaim that Same Trailer did or um, obviously the one after that, which we'll talk about.
0: Right. Which is so weird. I don't. I until we were kind of doing our research on this record, I didn't realize that it didn't perform quite as well. And I think it's proof of what happens to us sometimes in the Nashville bubble, where like all of our friend group was so obsessed buying mm-hmm. tickets the day they were on sale, playing right. every single song. <laughs> Casey would like show up to a bar near us, and we would like fangirl and like pass out. Shout out Red Door. Yeah, what's up? Um, and Five Spot. <laughs> yeah, but. I don't think that everyone else was feeling that way. It still was like the album did really well and biscuits as a single did really well, but I don't think it was like quite as worldwide, like going back to like what you were saying with Morgan wall. And it's like probably at that point, people in people who were fans of country music and people who are in the know knew about her, but she wasn't necessarily a global phenomenon right. like she is now.
1: Right. And she was still kind of living in that country space. I think around this album year after we went to South by Southwest. Oh yeah. And she played a Spotify show that was sold out that I remember we were trying to get into. Um, yep. you know, but again, it was kind of like, okay, like she's on that ride. That was also and-
0: when she had, she did the remix of waves with Miguel, who mm-hmm. also was performing at the Spotify showcase. Exactly. Yeah.
1: Um, which was, I feel like that was almost indicative of what was going About to happen because he's in this pop kind of R and B
0: esque space, Mm -hmm. so it was like, okay, this is cool. Back to like the the fashion and the vibe. How would you describe the pageant material look? Almost like almost the same as same trailer,
1: but elevated a little bit. Like you can tell she's established as an artist. Probably, I mean, this is maybe a terrible way to describe it, but, like, making a little bit of money. So it's, like, a more polished look is Mm -hmm. what I would say about it. So it's, and then even, like, her band being in the light-up suits. Right. It was, like, okay, now this is, like, the lane she's going at, but still traditional country.
0: Yeah. How would you, like,
1: what do you think?
0: She kind of moved away from, like, the jeans and the cowboy boots. Mm -hmm. She, She still kind of was wearing the cowgirl boots, but then was wearing a lot of the like dresses with the circle skirts that were like short and like poofy so she kind of looked like an opry on steroids so like a little more like feminine and she like you were saying during the tour with the when the guys had like the light up suits I feel like she started getting a little more into like the psychedelic like spacey casey vibe
1: yep and i and i also going on that note remember her piano player at the ryman was uh had sage lit or like oh some sort of incense on his piano of and course. and we kept seeing stage hands run out and blow it out and he would keep relighting it and i oh was like gosh. ah yeah this is like super hippie was to it have.
0: incense or was it something else <laughs> i mean it might
1: have been something else everyone had a great time so who knows who is to say yeah, but I I jumped ahead there.
0: She also had like the big hair during this era. She, she was did. like,
1: it was like not a beehive, but like close to it. Yeah, that like bump thing in the at the top. I don't know what you had, call that.
0: Yes, she had that one award show look where she had hair. It looked like a cartoon mm-hmm. character hair, where it, it was like a. She literally went to a stylist and she was like, "I need an x x x x x l bump it." <laughs> <laughs>
1: they customized the bump it for totally
0: she had a custom bump it and I knew what she was going for she was going for like the classic country like Tammy Wynette you know old school country and it fit the title of the
1: album pageant material it was like almost like a sarcastic play on it
0: but everyone on Twitter was like who is Casey Musgraves (laughs) and why does her hair look like that (laughs) right I liked it though
1: you do you boo you do you girl
0: okay sorry to have no, derailed us a little I bit i mean
1: i just kind of threw in she did a christmas album
0: which was fire
1: no it was fire I mean, christmas album again i add it to my list it's like in sync mariah carey and then casey musgraves
0: what i liked about casey's is that she she did some traditional songs and then some original songs which christmas original songs let me tell you they are hard to write it's hard to come up with an original concept Based around a specific holiday. Like everything's been written before. And somehow she wrote these original songs that were incredible. And
1: I'm here for it. Because I'm tired of hearing the same. Like by the time Christmas comes, I'm tired of hearing the same song. Yeah. Over and over again.
0: I'm like, give me some, have a really willy nice Christmas. Exactly. (laughs) You know, something that's a little different. But
1: again, I'm jumping into it, but. It was within the country space. I didn't listen to that album and think, oh, this is a pop Christmas album. Yeah. Did you?
0: No. I agree with you. Though it did... She did kind of have... Like, she had the Leon Bridges song present without a bow. So she kind Mm -hmm. of was, like, bringing in some other influences. So it wasn't all so country. It still was approachable to, like, mainstream, I feel like. Right. But still was mostly the country sound. So now getting into... The album of all albums, really. Wow. I mean, do you disagree?
1: No, I don't disagree. (laughs) I don't even know how to open it up. Like, She released two songs before releasing the album. One was Space Cowboy, and I'm forgetting the other one. Butterflies. Butterflies. Okay, there you go. Do you remember when you heard it, what your reaction was? Because I felt like this is a turning point.
0: Oh, big time. Yeah, I remember Space Cowboy hit me, like, the hardest. I liked Butterflies at first, but I was like, it's cute. It's whatever. It obviously grew on me the more I listened to it. But Space Cowboy, from the first listen, I was like, oh, my God. Like, that hook in the payoff where you're like, oh, Space Cowboy isn't, like, in sync in space. It's like, you can have your space, comma, cowboy. I was like, my brain exploded.
1: Yeah, it's like she's, again, being super clever with her syntax and how she sings it.
0: Yeah, and that's just like, that is such a song that I feel like showcases the way that she writes so well. She just has the concept of being in a relationship and somebody, you know, needs space from you is, it's been done before, but no one's ever written it in that kind of way. It's just an incredible song. And I believe that one was co-written by shane mckinally and
1: leave so hang on hang on
0: luke laird and luke laird okay yeah so i also have always thought that's interesting too how she really carried through the same collaborators through all of her records she just like formed these relationships with these people and like they obviously write really well together and she's just worked with them throughout which i thought was cool golden hour however is the first album that uh, Shane and Luke did not co-produce. Correct. So the Golden Hour was uh, co-produced by Daniel Tashin and Ian Fitchuk. Correct. So the she used new producers on it, which is probably why there was
1: a shift in the sound. Totally. I remember listening to Space Cowboy and thinking like, not like a full 180, but I was like, whoa, this mm-hmm. is like psychedelic different. Yeah. It's like, country psychedelic, but different from the sound that she usually puts out.
0: Yeah, and I think Space Cowboy and Butterflies were probably good ones to release first. I mean, they're two of the catchiest and, like, easiest to get on board with from the record, but I think they were a good, again, transition piece from pageant material, because, like, especially Butterflies is still kind of that same Mm -hmm. lighter, simple a little more country vibe space cowboys a little more,
1: but she co-wrote there, but... again, kind of staying true to herself, co-wrote all 13 tracks.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so I thought, or I still think that that's interesting somewhat in the country space because yes, a lot of artists now are co-writers, but they don't really co-write the yeah. song, but it's she... like a, a
0: vanity mm-hmm. spot. On exactly. The notes. Yeah.
1: But she has done it from day one and yeah. has stayed true to it.
0: Well, and I think it's very obvious and apparent that she she's an amazing singer and performer. But like her passion is writing songs Mm -hmm. and creating these albums. Like it's a passion for her, which for for a lot of artists, it's not. And that's totally fine. Like some artists like the thrill they get is from being on stage and singing. Yeah. Or the thrill they get is from dancing on stage. And like they just happen to also be a singer or something, you know but like you can tell that her main passion is just creating these songs and she gets pretty deep. Some of the songs are like diary entries. Like they're very personal to where if someone else wrote mother, you wouldn't believe Casey singing it. Right. You know
1: what I mean? But I think she's almost held true to that in all of her albums Mm -hmm. where they're very personal and probably authentic in that manner of where she came from or the subject matter. I think this is a little bit of a shift because this was a lot of the songs were written at the time when she met Rustin Kelly, who is now her ex-husband. But when she met it, I'm still not
0: okay over it.
1: No one is like, (laughs) I
0: have not recovered. Like is love real? I don't know.
1: I mean, just added to the list for 2020. Yeah. But you know, I think that's where butterflies, the thought for that song came from.
0: Yeah, and I was reading something. I read this back in the day when the song came out, but it was reading it again yesterday when I was like reminding myself of the process of how this like record came to be. But she met Rustin because she went to the Bluebird Cafe, mm-hmm. and she said I I was looking back on her Instagram, and she actually had this long Instagram caption where she wrote about this, and she was like uh, she had gone somewhere and she was having a really good hair day. And she was like, I didn't want to go home because my hair looked too good. (laughs) So I went on brand. (laughs) Yeah. On brand. So I went to the bluebird and Rustin happened to be playing and she was like, I like fell in love with his songs. And so then they co-wrote shortly after that. And then after the co-write, she like fell for him immediately and then went home and wrote butterflies. Yeah. Which is just so cute. (laughs) And it extra sad so now, but it's it's still cute. It's, it's still, still cute, cute either way. And yeah,
1: I I feel like the notion of it can at least live forever.
0: Like stealing my heart instead of stealing my crown. Oh my gosh, that's just that's all we're looking for in this life. I mean, truly, truly. <laughs> Again, I remember
1: listening to Space Cowboy and then Butter Butterflies, and I was like, whoa, what is this album gonna sound like? Mm-hmm. Um, and really kind of had no concept for it. And then it came out and I was blown away and also blown away by the like number of sleepers. Because yeah, I would skip through a lot of them and then like go back and listen. And then like I think my favorite one I skipped through a bunch of times and it's happy and sad. Yeah. Like what a concept. Mm-hmm. I absolutely love that song.
0: Which became part of her brand, like the the smiley face and then the frowny face. Like mm-hmm. that became part of her merch and like such a staple of... Right. Or no, I think it's the the smiley face with the tear. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. But no, there are so many songs that I liked them all from the initial listen, but the, so many, like you said, that grew on me so much more as it went on. Like the more time that we spent with it. I just can't even remember what I thought when it first came out. Like I just remember being like... This is so interesting. I don't know any other album that sounds like this. Yeah. And it wasn't what I expected because it it honestly is not, in my heart and in my mind, it is not a country album.
1: I agree with you. I don't know how to categorize it because I also don't classify it as a pop album either. It I mean, lives in that weird in-between for genre me. Genre is dead. Genre you is dead. You heard it here first. <laughs> exactly. Who cares
0: what it is? It's just, it's its own thing. But so
1: I guess kind of this is my question for you, Lauren, was she toured this album for a long
0: time. Yeah.
1: Um, It's almost like two years.
0: Sorry to interrupt you. No. But part of that is because of how successful it was, she toured it internationally for such a long period of that too, which I don't know that she was doing quite on that scale before.
1: And I feel like, and again, this is purely subjective, but her brand almost evolved. It was like she put oh, yeah. out this psychedelic country-esque pop album and then started to lean into all of the things that go with it, whether it's like um like the happy and sad logos, the which, t- yeah exactly, yeah. tie dyes like the slow burn candles, everything like that where it was like she's clearly doing a shift and like leaning in hard on those things and I feel like that just added to the momentum of her brand.
0: Yeah. So we've talked about this on previous episodes before, but when this album came out, she talked a lot, including specifically to Joe Coscarelli from the New York times about how she did psychedelic drugs Mm -hmm. while writing some of these songs and talked about how that like influenced the sound of this record and changed the way that she wrote and stuff. I think because she like, was in a place where she was successful enough to be able to say that and still be fine with like the haters being haters and still having fans who are cool with it. Like she felt more like herself. And so I think it did evolve. Like her confidence changed. You could tell from her social media, from her stage presence. Yeah. I think she just became more comfortable with who she was. And like, if you think about it, this, If you put out something that was so experimental and so different and you're like, people could absolutely hate this or love it. And I just don't really care. This is what I feel like I want to put out, but it's a risk and you put it out and people love it. You're like, okay, I can be whoever I want to be then. And it's fine.
1: Exactly. And I mean, to that point, it gives you that confidence, but I feel like too in a weird way. And I don't really know how to like classify what I'm thinking but a lot of country artists try to do crossover, but they try to do one song. Like they'll yeah. do a feature on like a pop song or whatever. This was like a crossover album where it was still country kind of at its core, but had pop elements to it across mm-hmm. the board. It wasn't like, Casey didn't do what Maren did and, and put her vocal on a Z song. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it was almost like, that sleeper crossover that just kind of happened organically which is to at least to me felt like why she had a mass commercial appeal almost yeah. across a variety of genres
0: totally well and i think a lot of the time why those crossovers don't work is because a country artist going into maybe the pop space is like, "Oh, the album should sound like this if it's mm-hmm. pop. If I'm going to be going to pop, it has to sound like this." Right. Casey was just like, "I'm blending the two. And if country music rejects me for it and pop music rejects me for it, whatever." Ooh. And I feel I honestly feel like Maren, especially with her second record, did a good job of that too. It's it kind of sits in the middle in its own kind of space, like pulling in R&B and pulling in like whatever makes sense to her and her influences to where it works, but it doesn't for so many people. Well, and at least for Casey, it's not like she's been like the highest
1: on the country charts. You know what I mean? Right. It's like right. she's had a lot of the success without the push of country radio.
0: Well, and something we haven't really mentioned is like, which is probably part of the reason my pageant material did not do so well as Casey's been like outspoken about not playing the politics of mm-hmm. the country radio game. She's like, I'm not going to suck up to you people. If you like my music, play it. If you don't. Fine. Right. Exactly. And she's always been that way. And some people don't like her because of that. And honestly, I feel like, okay, if the system's not working for you, you don't have to play it. Like, whatever. Make your own system. And that's Granted, what she did. The, most people who do that, it doesn't work out. But when you're her, you got to take that risk. You can
1: do it. And she almost did the reverse 180 on them, where she got all of the critical acclaim and all of the success. We should probably mention she won Album of the Year. iconic
0: win yeah i I mean
1: essentially for a country record winning it and so there's no way that radio couldn't play her after that you know what i mean it's like but
0: they weren't no i mean yeah yeah
1: of course they weren't but it's like she just won so if you want listeners like you're gonna play one of her
0: songs right and it's so silly and so many people just do it because it's just the way it's always been done and you have to but like it is silly that you have to play the politics game to where like people like you so they play your music like you should play the music that's good. Yeah. And that goes back to her good old boys club song where she's just like, what happens to like success being because you worked hard in it, you made a good thing instead of like who, you know, and it's true. Yeah. She's it, lived by that. It's probably
1: worth mentioning too. She almost, or not almost, she did win like a triple crown in a sense for this. She won CMA, mm-hmm. ACM, ACM, and Grammy album of the year she like I mean, swept
0: Grammys that year too yeah she yeah. did
1: and and I remember like watching the Grammys and watching her win and like the face she made because oh she like
0: literally so was
1: blown away yeah. I think Rustin Kelly was sitting beside her too and was equally blown away that she yeah. just won it right and then I think she came out with, like, pop socket yeah. merch of, like, <laughs> her, her
0: face. Because her face was ridiculous. Yeah. It was, she was just, just, like, a like dropped jaw. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I like, love her sense of humor about that stuff. She's just, like, cool. Everyone's, like, made a meme out of this face. Like, I'm putting I mean, it on a pop socket.
1: No, totally. She posted, I think, too, like, four different times of that meme. Oh, yeah. Like, going to the grocery store and then post the <laughs> meme. And then, yeah, made merch out of it. But, again, I think that kind of speaks into, like, she's confident and she's just leaning into it. Like, it's yeah. not, like something super embarrassing or anything like that she's just like uh yeah this is crazy
0: i think an interesting shift in the personal realm from pageant material to golden hour is like the crowd she started surrounding herself with like she went from being the nashville girl who's from texas small town country like chill doesn't give a crap about anything to hanging out because i think she found like huge massive success like such a big jump in such a short time it's like all of a sudden she was hanging out with like Gigi hadid and the kardashians yeah i mean it, it was
1: definitely a shift in her brand almost yeah. and it was like i think to adding on to that it was a shift from like this country look to almost like a high fashion look. Mm -hmm. And I think too, in that same vein, it's worth mentioning she went to the Met Gala in 2019, but she went as Barbie. And then right after- she was dressed by
0: Moschino, which was iconic.
1: But they announced she got an IMG modeling deal. So now she's like almost elevated to this level. And I think that's kind of where the different crowds started coming in because not only is she- like this huge superstar she's also a superstar in the fashion world or modeling world i should say yeah
0: well in her i guess getting into like the look and the vibe of this era of casey her look went from psychedelic country girl to modern day share vibes Mm -hmm. she started rocking like the super dark straight hair and like the bell-bottom pants with like a cute little bralette top like that's just like I mean her style is she wears all kinds of stuff but like every outfit she wears I'm like you're giving me share vibes. Right. And but I, I love it. It's like
1: still high fashion share yes. vibes. It's yeah. not like share vibes from Target. It's like Gucci share vibes. Like actually shares outfits from like a <laughs> <Right>. Vegas residency. <laughs> exactly. Um so I you know I thought that was interesting and I think too it's interesting to see kind of again going on that commercial success in all spaces. So when she started getting a lot of the late night shows like SNL and I think she got Fallon and maybe um, the sing along with James, James Corden, Corden. I you know, I just, it seems like, yeah, she was all over the place. And I also remember too, the past two years of, of the release for this, she was everywhere. I mean, it was like, oh, yeah, I don't know, like when she came to Nashville or slept at home, it was, she was at the Texas rodeo. I mean, literally everywhere you turn, she was there. So she must've been sleeping on planes.
0: She had to have been. And like, we joke, but genuinely during the pageant material era and golden hour, like before golden hour came out, we saw her everywhere in Nashville. Yeah, it, but, she was always around
1: but it was like a normal it wasn't yeah. in any like abnormal thing where it was like oh there's someone famous coming in it was no. like oh that's casey she's like, like at taco Cita. yeah
0: or exactly. like she literally tripped and fell on me and Justine at five spot that one time like yeah. she just is like there and was such a normal presence and then like i truly haven't seen her since
1: yeah exactly um you know and i think too one other point i wanted to bring up was like In addition to this being like such a crazy album, it probably also helped that she was the opening act on the Harry Styles tour for the North American leg. That's huge. 2018, because he, I mean, he lives again in that pop space, psychedelic pop space, because he's been compared to David Bowie. Yeah. But still, I mean, that was probably a bunch of different fans that didn't necessarily listen to Casey Musgraves that she got exposed to 100%. on a massive arena tour and then came back. And was it this year, 2020 or the end of 2019? She set the record for Bridgestone for like the highest the
0: attendance record, the
1: attendance record for, I guess, country female artist, And like they started selling in almost in the round, even though it wasn't an in the round yeah. stage.
0: That's where I was sitting.
1: Like in the round, the
0: sta- literally behind the stage, like in the nosebleeds, it was still worth it, but <laughs> worth it. But so, but then Harry showed up and then to sing with her on that show. Yeah, your
1: eardrums like just oh, bursted.
0: I have never heard anything louder in my life. <laughs> I think it was also made worse by the fact that I was behind the stage and high up because all oh, the noise just like it was so loud. And my friend Tiana, shout out Tiana didn't know I kind of like had gotten word people were like texting me from the floor being like I think I saw Harry like someone was like I think I saw that Harry's here and so I kind of like had word literally I felt like Gossip Girl I like kind of knew and so when he came out I was like of course my friend or actually sorry my friend Anna who was sitting next to me literally had no idea and she just started weeping <laughs> she is obsessed with Harry Styles and she was like sobbing but it's so funny, like. People who love Harry Styles, I mean, the boy band craze is insane. The people who are fans of those guys are next level. Yeah. To where, like, an opener on, like, any other tour, you're just, like, probably gonna show up late, whatever. Mm -hmm. Like, who cares who they are? I feel like people love Harry so much and, like, respect him so much that they'll be like, whoever's opening for him on this tour, I'm gonna love. Because if he loves her, I love her. Like, we're fans And his fans are
1: gonna get there early because they are not gonna miss the opening, like the intro for his set. So they'll be like butts and seats oh, well yeah. before he gets on. For sure. You know, that kind of stuff too. But I remember I think I was being super stubborn and didn't want to go because we saw her at the Ryman. Yeah. And I was like, I'm never gonna see Casey Musgraves at the Ryman ever again. Like this is it. She's an arena yeah. level act, but it was the same album. Yeah. Which we saw, which was again crazy and you know, I think you had compared it. It was just next level on the arena oh, level 100%. where the, the Ryman, I thought, was wild. Like, it was... Everyone was up and out of their seats. Not Lizzo level wild because people were, like, twerking. <laughs> but,
0: like... Never forget.
1: Yeah. But no one sat down during Casey's show. No. And everyone was
0: singing every single word to every right. single song. They already knew what covers she was going to play. Like, you just... The obsession was real, but it was like, that is the beauty of the rhyme. And as you still kind of feel like it's an intimate thing and the stage is only so big. So there's only so it, much you can do.
1: Also shout out to one of our friends who are remain nameless, oh but texted us during the Casey show being like, who are these dudes? It was Brooks and Dunn <laughs> Cause she was on she was their like, remit, or remastered cover um, for neon moon.
0: Yeah. Um. But yeah, the Bridgestone show was just and again i was behind the stage so i was only probably seeing half of it it was just next level and like her energy was so different
1: yeah i and mean they, she came into her own yeah. essentially right it was yeah. like she's comfortable she has harry styles i think she had maggie rogers open for mm-hmm. her right yep. so i mean you you really can't like get bigger than that at least in your home town yeah
0: well and at that point I mean, we saw her, I think, early on at the Ryman, early on in the tour. So at that point, she'd been touring that album for such a long time that she was like so comfortable in it and like had everything like worked out to a science. Yeah, it was just great. Yeah, it was incredible. But that tour, especially, she was wearing a lot of the like bell bottom, like sparkly bell bottoms, mm-hmm. and like loose open cardigans with the bralette under. Like we stand, we love, or like flowy caftans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but. It's just interesting to see. And like, this is
1: probably something worth mentioning too, but I feel like she got super into her outward image as well. Mm-hmm. Mm. I mean, at the beginning it seems like she had branding, but it was like, also, I don't care. I'm going to do whatever I want. But like now it's very manicured, like very, even on like her social media handles, yeah. like very tailored to her, even though I think she probably does some of it. Cause it's like, yeah. photos of her dog in her but it's like well,
0: she's ahead, big sorry. on the instagram stories which yeah. i feel like is an indication that she definitely runs she's at least it. some yeah. of her social media but she posts a lot of stories of like her talking or her doing silly things like you were saying right but i was trying to go back because i was thinking about the different looks between the eras because similarly similarly to what we talked about with taylor how you were saying like during lover she had the pink hair and during mm-hmm. each era there's like a different look I was like, I honestly don't remember what her social media was like before golden hour age. And so I was scrolling back as far as I could go. There's nothing before golden hour. It's yeah. all wiped out. I mean, which is kind of crazy yeah. too,
1: right? To think about. But I do remember one where it was like, she started to become more active because I think she like got drunk at home <laughs> and had like karaoke hour by oh, herself. Yes. She and had like,
0: that microphone. Yeah. In, the, in the
1: internet, like lost its mind, uh, the internet in Nashville, I will say, lost its mind. And I think it was the like, internet in general, probably. Yeah, and we were like, oh, my God, she's ridiculous. And then it yeah. was like, okay. But it's just really interesting, and I wonder going forward if she'll delete everything from Golden Hour and say, okay, let's start over. It's yeah. new concept, new album, whatever, like new brandy.
0: Well, and this is like maybe a little controversial to bring up, but I wonder if part of the disappearance of the old Instagrams is – She has had like lip fillers and some work done. Like she looks definitely different than she did same trailer, different park era. No shame, no shade, do whatever you want to your body. Like whatever makes you feel good. But I wonder if that was partially like, I don't want people comparing photos or not that they, not that they can't see those photos on the internet, but maybe it's just like, this is, this is my image now.
1: Yeah, you know, I mean, it would be interesting, though, to see that, I guess, because, again, to your point, you can Google anything. Yeah. But I mean, Taylor does it. And like I've seen comparisons of Taylor. Obviously, she's like grown as a human being because she started in the industry when she was like 12. Yeah. So there's still the like comparison photos, but. I don't know. It is interesting. I like, I would n- love to know the thought process.
0: I know. Like I want to see, I wanted to see like the captions. I wanted to mm-hmm. see like how curated it was.
1: And it's really interesting to see that like as an artist grows because yeah. it's like LOL eating Chick-fil-A to like LOL my Gucci brush. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like yeah. not in, I don't mean it to like make fun of anyone. I'm just saying no, yeah. it's definitely like a different LOL.
0: For sure. hundred like, percent. Different level. Yeah. I I enjoy her social media presence. I think she has a really great sense of humor and she just like steers into jokes about her, which I just appreciate.
1: Yeah. And she's still pretty real too. Like, I think she had one up. I remember seeing over quarantine, which was like, found a snake in my garage and my dog got sick all over my bed. Like, how's your morning? Real life stuff. Right. And you're like, okay, she's a human.
0: She also just does like, she just gets down these like random wormholes of things and it's always entertaining. Like there was one point where she was like obsessed with like stuff you forgot about from your childhood and so she was like looking for all these things on ebay like (laughs) light brights and like lisa frank folders
1: right and then she did a collab with lisa frank which is iconic genius yeah so you know i feel like it's stuff like that where it's super smart and yeah again her probably being confident where she can do whatever she wants
0: 100 percent. so what was your favorite song from golden hour It's hard to choose. Ooh, I don't
1: know. That is really hard. I think it's happy and sad.
0: What's yours? That's a good choice. God, I don't know. Honestly, it might be slow burn. Ooh, that's interesting. I don't know. I I genuinely, I mean, we've talked about this before, but like, this is a no skip album. Yeah. There is not one song that you skip. And like, honestly, any of, I'm obsessed with all of these songs. I, like, they're all a 10 out of 10. Yeah. And that's how I feel. Even Mother, which Mother had to grow on me a little bit, but like, it makes me cry every time I listen to it. Like, it's a great song.
1: And it's kind of crazy because it's only a minute 18. Yeah, it's it's so short. super,
0: super short. But anyway, that's yeah, one no. that she wrote while she was on.
1: And LFT. super sad. I wanted to go to the... I guess album listening party for this. I think we talked about it on a previous episode. Was this the one at the drag brunch? No, this was the space, mu- Uh, the oh. uh, museum, the science museum here in Nashville. And everyone was in a chair that leans back. So they had the, um, what do you call the thing where you watch the stars?
0: Like the planetarium.
1: Yeah, exactly. And I guess they must've had some sort of psychedelic show. show. Yeah. Incredible. And, like while listening to this, I would have died
0: so pageant material that sounds incredible i wish we could have gone to that pageant Pageant material Material was a drag was at a drag brunch (laughs) and she like played all the songs with like the drag performers performing them which is iconic yeah i would have loved
1: to go have gone to that too i feel like she has the best album listening parties because it's something like super unique that's wild it's not like oh let's just sit here and listen
0: yeah yeah so cool since we're talking about the evolution of kc what do you think is next
1: I don't know. I don't know. I think she continues down probably the golden hour path where it still has like probably fundamental country roots to it, mm-hmm. but stays in that psychedelic pop world. I don't see her really deviate. I like, I don't see her leaving country completely. Yeah. What about you?
0: No, I agree with that. This may, hopefully, this makes sense, but I kind of see what folklore is to Taylor. I feel like Casey's next record will be to her where like folklore, it's still Taylor songs. It's like the way that she writes and the same general vibes, but it's like, Moved to a different dimension of like other music that she's always been influenced by. Like she's always loved Bonnie Vera and like The National and those kind of bands, but like has never made music like that. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like growth in that direction. I kind of see that same kind of idea for Casey, not in the Bonnie Vera, The National realm, but maybe in some other direction.
1: Well, I was about to say, what if she did like a duet album with like Harry Styles? People would lose their mind.
0: I I I would pass away. <laughs> I, I would have the to the come check, <laughs> check no. on you.
1: Like, you know what I mean? But something within die. that vein, because their yeah.
0: voices, especially together, like they sing together so live, so why not? And their looks are kind of like the same, yeah. like 70s chic vibes. Just saying, throwing it out there. I would die. I would literally die. Yeah. Anything she does next, I think is going to be great, but go referencing back to our... Something we talked about on our John Mayer deep dive, which if you haven't listened to that, go check Listen. out our last episode. But I think I I kind of feel like it'll be tough for her making the next record because regardless of what it is, this album was so like I think the Metacritic score was eighty seven out of a hundred, which is really good. Yeah. Like it was so widely loved and like but critically acclaimed. I don't-
1: that that makes me nervous because I don't want it to be like the John Mayer where it's know. such a high that the only place you can go is down, and then it becomes this like pressure yeah. to live up to it. I'm hoping that she like gives so many zeros that she just does what she does best and like gives writes. so many
0: zeros. I like that. I I think an interesting element that she has. I hate to say going for her because it's an unfortunate thing, but because of the divorce she has so much ammo and I'm sure so many feelings and like things that she can like work out therapeutically through writing. So I think the content, no matter what the sound is, is going to be good. Right. Be and she has these like, she has these collaborators and friends around her that are like insanely talented, like Ian Fitchuk and Daniel Tash. And like, even if she worked with them again, like they both have like such a, good handles on like production and like the way that things sound and making things interesting and different and experimenting so i think like she has all the tools for whatever that's next to be amazing
1: yeah they just have to capture it they just have to capture it fingers crossed
0: could you imagine like adele's 25 but psychedelic
1: and that would be and that's the next case but also i want like adele's 21 no i want miserable yeah like, miserable in the sense that it's, like, heartache and gut punch. No, I want her because, to make me cry.
0: Yeah, exactly. But, like, maybe be a bop still. Yeah, you know? like, like knock me down, make me cry, but then bring me back up. Exactly. Like, leave well, me on a high. Like, make me cry, but I'm still dancing. Yeah, exactly. Know? That's what I want.
1: Crying and dancing at the same time.
0: <laughs> Iconic.
1: Um. But, yeah, I'm curious to see, it and I'm, like, I hope it comes out soon.
0: It has to. You know she's been writing and quarantine. Well, what else are you going to do? Exactly. It's
1: quarantine. Exactly. COVID and she's and not
0: one that's been doing virtual shows Mm-mm. and staying busy that way because well, she doesn't have to.
1: Also, honestly. she's been working. I feel like she's been working straight for two years. So it was probably like, I need a breather. Finally a break. Right. Yeah. Like, right. I need, like, a breather.
0: Which I'm sure. I mean, this is, like pure speculation but like relationship wise i can't imagine being in the rhythm of being gone literally 24 7 and like barely seeing each other because reston was touring too a lot mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden you're both home 24 hours a day seven days a week together for the first time in like probably the three years of their marriage yeah i mean that's that's tough I mean it's, it's just like a shock it's to the tough for anyone ribbons. yeah yeah so yeah I'm as sure. told by <laughs> the divorce rate during this quarantine right <laughs> it's either babies or divorce that's the two two paths. extremes <laughs> there's no in between no should we do a Casey lightning round okay I got it okay
1: all right low favorite Casey show
0: Ooh, this is a weird answer you might judge me for this but her set at Bonnaroo last year Wow. Her set was at golden hour and so she was playing golden oh, hour as the sun was cool. setting behind her. On, I I, did, I wasn't it was, there. And then she had I was like up near the front and then they had all for high horse. They had all these beach balls and like huge balls and balloons that they like blew out into the crowd. So everyone was just like dancing and there's just like that's it was awesome. magical. It was that's really magical. awesome. What was your favorite Casey show? I'm going to go with pageant material. <laughs> At the Ryman,
1: yeah, I just loved it so much. Even though I loved Golden Hour at the Ryman because everyone was dancing, and I think it was cold. It was winter mm. at some point, so it was like a nice break. But I still loved. I just love pageant material, so that was my favorite.
0: Did we go to the Christmas show at the Ryman?
1: Because she did a tour for that. She did. I don't think I went to that though. You might have gone, I feel but like I don't. I might have. I don't. I, can't I didn't go. Is it sad that like we go to too many shows? I'm like, yeah, I don't even know. Exactly. I'm like, <laughs> which one? I need to look at what? my like photo. Scroll.
0: Okay. What is your most played KC Musgrave song of all time? I want to say it's probably late to the party or miserable. Even
1: though I've listened to golden hour so, so much that it's gotta be happy and sad. Yeah. Or even space cowboy. But, um, I think it's probably late to the party. What about you?
0: Mine's probably late to the party too. Honestly. Well, I don't know. I literally listened to it all so much like on to so so all of them well it's just it's hard because to me all three of her albums are no skips yeah well mostly no skips i didn't really love blow and smoke from pageant material or the one that's kind of similar to blow and smoke from the first record but even still mm-hmm. i still like those um but it's like i don't know probably probably late to the party though to be honest that's what i played on repeat yeah. so much so good yeah
1: um other thing i was gonna ask you was favorite casey look
0: Ooh, Mm. that's a good question. That's hard. It is hard.
1: You also don't have to, I mean, it can be all of them because they were all kind of like tailored towards her, her record.
0: Well, I will say, I remember looking at all the outfits. So for the golden hour tour, she played several nights at the Ryman and well, the first run, she played several nights at the Ryman and every night she had a different outfit and they all were fire. They truly all were fire. She wore a blue suit when we,
1: when that sounds right. I think she wore like a blue pantsuit, but it was like a mid drift suit top kind of thing.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Probably my favorite though would be when she wore like the Opry level, like poofy Mm -hmm. short dress that was lit up pageant material. Yeah. 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 I think that was mine too, honestly.
1: But I also love that. Like the whole band was lit up.
0: It was like when they moved,
1: it was goofy and like fun.
0: Who would you like to see her collaborate with other than Harry Styles? The Weeknd.
1: Ooh, I feel like that would be a very weird but good collaboration. Just I like to that. hear their two voices together.
0: Interesting. Who would you? Pick? I'm into that. I kind of want her to do a song with Maggie Rogers. I could see I that. it could be cool. Yeah, I could. But I that seems like a natural fit. Yeah, I, just, I, I like something, The Weeknd. Yeah, I, that's a good. It kind of reminds me
1: of like the miguel one so yeah. i'm like i want yeah. something like weird and out of the box
0: oh and that miguel song
1: still fire still listen to it regularly we
0: listened to that probably 35 times on the way to austin <laughs> because it listened we were to it, so it another
1: 35 times there yeah
0: <laughs> so good. so good well guys we hope you enjoyed this evolution of if you enjoyed this podcast don't forget to subscribe to us wherever you listen to podcasts give us a nice rating if you enjoyed it and follow us on instagram at music stay safe
1: stay healthy go vote 2020 has been a slow burn
0: oh it really has it really really has we out all right y'all stay buzzed